0: Sermons from FBC Athens. Welcome to the weekly podcast of the Sermons from Sunday Worship at First Baptist Church of Athens, Georgia. The title for the sermon from Sunday, February the 4th, is Running on Empty. It is given by Matt Marston, Senior Minister. The scripture text is Mark 6, verses 1 through 13.
1: Jesus left that place and came to his hometown, and his disciples followed him. On the Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astounded. They said, where did this man get all this? What is this wisdom that's been given to him? What deeds of power are being done by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary? the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Then Jesus said to them, Prophets are not without honor except in their hometown and among their own kin and in their own house. And he could do no deed of power there except that he had laid his hands on a few sick people and cured them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. Then Jesus went about among the villages teaching. He called the 12 and began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over unclean spirits. He ordered them to take nothing for their journey except a staff. No bread, no bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals and not to put on two tunics. He said to them, Wherever you enter a house, stay there until you leave the place. If any place will not welcome you, and they refuse to hear you as you leave, shake off the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out and proclaimed all that should repent. They cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick, and cured them what
0: does it take to ruin a picture not much especially if it's a group picture what does it take have you ever ruined a group photo what does it take close your eyes looking at the wrong place if you have multiple phones out you can it can ruin the picture A long time ago, see, we didn't know we had ruined pictures because we would take them and get them back two weeks later and go, our eyes are all red. Why? What does it take to ruin a good time? How many people does it take to ruin a family gathering? One person, it's all it takes. It's not that easy to make everyone have a good time, is it? It's really easy to make sure everyone has a bad time. I can do it all by myself. One person, one attitude. Ruined. Everything is ruined. Everyone, that's a lot of power. See, we don't have a lot of positive power, but we do have a lot of negative power. One of my friends says, I can't make anything happen, but I can make sure it doesn't. I can make sure it doesn't. How about Jesus? When he goes to Nazareth, his hometown, something wonderful is happening. His ministry of healing, of revitalization, of helping people come back to new life, to be restored in community, he's there and he's preaching and teaching in the synagogue And what does it take to put an end to the good time? Just a couple of words. Carpenter, Mary's kid, we know his family. That's all it took was one word, a couple of words, a couple of phrases, and it dismissed him, and he was amazed at their unbelief all it takes for us sometimes isn't it to shut down other people all we need is one word one label liberal trumper and that's it back in our the heyday of our Baptist battles between two groups that became the SBC and the CBF we had different labels for each other Moderates called themselves moderates and called the conservatives fundamentalist. One word and you were dismissed. Conservatives called themselves conservatives and called moderates liberals. One word and you're dismissed. It's all it takes. And in our society, it is so easy, maybe like never before, to dismiss people so quickly With a word. In our society, everything has become kind of gossip. News, sports. We have access to more information, maybe with less wisdom, because so quickly we get hung up on one word. Jesus teaches us to love our enemies and do good to those who persecute them, I suggest that maybe learning how to describe even people we disagree with with more than one word might be a good start. Because so often if something good is going to happen in our lives, in our culture, lots of things have to happen well And it can be ruined by one word, one little attitude. I'm titled today's sermon, Running on Empty. Of course, I'm thinking of the Jackson Brown song, Running on Empty, which is kind of cheerful sounding, but it's depressing. He says, I'm running on empty. I'm running blind. I'm running behind And he says, I don't even know where I'm going. That kind of emptiness is hollowness. It's desperation. It's we don't know what to do, so we'll be cynical and negative. It's a perpetual temptation for us to run on that kind of emptiness, just to go through the motions and the only enjoyment we can get is being mad or critical of someone else. We've all been there. We've all been in times of our lives where nothing seems to be going well and the only pleasure we have is to be cynical, to be dismissive, to hurt somebody else and make ourselves feel a little better. That is a kind of empty motion going nowhere. There's a different kind of emptiness that happens in the second part of the passage. The first emptiness is hollowness. The second empty, Jesus says, you're going to go out, but what can you take with you? No protection, no staff, no security, no map, no plans, no reservations, no confirmation number. You're going on a trip and you don't have anywhere, you don't have a confirmation number for your verbo. What are you gonna do? They went out empty, vulnerable. They had to be, they were traveling light. But what happened? They, in their emptiness, there was room for God. There was room for new encounters. There was room for something beautiful and holy to happen. They were able to heal and restore and set free. New life happened. New energy, new power, new community. And it happened because they had been emptied out. They had been opened up. They had to be hungry and expectant. This kind of emptiness was a surprise because they said, hey, look, we're empty, but we're running. We don't have, we have, our hands are holding on to nothing and yet we're moving, yet something is happening good. Emptiness of that kind is positive. Emptiness of that kind for us makes room for God in new ways. For the church, so often in the New Testament, before there was growth, before there was progress, there was a time of emptiness. Right here, the disciples are sent out empty, I think about Acts 1 and 2. Acts 2 is Pentecost. That's where the church is sent out. The Holy Spirit is empowering. We usually skip right over Acts 1. What do they do in Acts 1? Wait. Gather. Look at what they don't have. And open up to God. There's a new book by Andrew Root and Blair Bertrand called When Church Stops Working. We got a a bulletin in the mail this week from uh, someone who was cleaning out family members' papers. A blessing that we give each other, isn't it? Stacks of papers to go through. And this bulletin was from 1923. Guess how many people were in Sunday school? in 1923. Over 500 people. Over 500 people. Now, there was no TV and social media. Yeah, I know that. But a long time ago, half-Sunday school, people would just show up, you know? Uh, choir directors remember the days when people would say, here are the two Sundays that I'm going to be out this year. You remember that? Uh, Now you are a wonderful regular attender. If we get one Sunday a month, thank you very much. But church has become rather difficult in our time. Even churches that grow and thrive very often are not making new Christians, but uh, shuffling the deck, shuffling the sheep, as they say. Churches, one church grows because another shrinks. What do we do in this time? And uh, Root and Bertrand suggest that through their reading of the New Testament, we do something kind of surprising, which is, wait, listen, make room for God. Don't just fill our shells with yet another strategic plan or yet another book from Saddleback about how to grow your church and this, you know, these 12 steps and you've got it all figured out. They said, no, we need to learn how to wait on God to let ourselves be emptied out. Now, what are the things that the church might need to be emptied out from? I think in order to become expectant, in order to become humble. Another phrase, another way to read this text, the disciples are sent out empty. They're sent out humble. They're sent out Clothed in humility. Well, the first thing we all can let go of as institutions and individually, how about our egos? How about our egos? Don't our egos get in the way? Can't we mistake doing good for doing things that are good for my ego? Have you ever done something charitable and nice and wonderful just so you could get the credit? Anyone besides me, I am a uh, recovering do-gooder for credit-aholic or something. We can let go of our idea, I think of, and concern about status and reputation. Do those things help us in our life together with God? Or can they get in the way? Our own plans. See, we very often, we, it's good to plan, it's good to have goals, but so often our plans can, we can start to be more concerned about them than anything else. And they can get in the way of the work of God in our lives. What Root and Bertrand, they suggest about five things. I'm going to give one today. They said that so often in Scripture, when the church or when the people of God are called to wait, they are called to attend to this moment with these people. This moment with these people. What did the disciples do when they were sent out? They didn't have huge revivals, they didn't start massive nonprofits, they didn't fill up arenas, they went to a home and a neighbor and to that person who was sick and that person who was struggling with spiritual despair. They were sent to individual people and watched, they got to behold God working. I think among the many things we do today in church today, one thing is to really and truly in new ways and focused ways, learn to appreciate what God is doing in this moment with these people. When I was growing up in church, so often, we weren't concerned about who was there. We were concerned with who wasn't. Where are they? What's wrong with them? Aren't we good? No, no, no. But when we attend to the work of God among us, even the work that God does to empty us out, to unclench our fists and have us drop whatever we've got, our staff, our purse, our reputation, our plans, our egos. That emptying out is a call to wait, to look for God, to trust that God will actually work, even if it doesn't look like what we thought it might. It's a call to be surprised, to say, look, we're empty, and we're running, and we're moving, and God is working. Thanks be to God that by God's power and not our own, we actually can run on empty. Amen. Thank you for listening to the sermons from FBC Athens. Join us for worship in person or our live stream Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. God's grace and peace be with you today, tomorrow, and always.